Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. This week, we're talking about how to cope with anxiety in a post-lockdown world. Right, so we were talking just a second ago, weren't we? We were saying... What would be the single one thing that would make your life so much better right now? Yes. That something that we can't have. Yes. But we'd like. Yes. And mine would be Mary Poppins. <laughs> it doesn't have to be actual Mary Poppins. That would be good. If it was Judy, Judy Andrews, that would be even better. But basically, I want a nanny. A live no, I don't want to live in nanny. I want just someone to magically appear, yeah, and look after my children for a number of hours. I don't want you know them to take them away or anything like that. I'm I'm not quite there yet. But <laughs> good. I'm glad I, to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah things are great. So, I, but I just want someone else to do the business of childcare for some time. And in the olden days, obviously there was things called school and um childminders and um sometimes parents and babysitters and they all really helped lighten the load and I'm missing them all very much what about you I think the single biggest thing that would improve my lockdown right now would be it's it's similar but different to yours so I want to have other people that I don't actually live with right now in my house with me. Ah, yeah. I would like... like visitors. Oh, yeah. Visitors. I want visitors. I would like to have someone I don't live with round for a cup of tea maybe or a glass of something cold and faintly alcoholic. I think that would really, really, really make an immense difference to my lockdown right now. It's the next level, isn't it? Yes. Do you think that's what we're doing? We're looking forward to the next level and anticipating. We're going. Everything. Yeah. It's like yeah. that hierarchy of needs thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like once you can see someone from two meters distance outside and that's lovely. And um, But the next level would be, yeah, getting them into your house and doing the yeah. social, doing the nice yeah. social thing properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's been going for a very long time now. Yeah, it really has. 
it really has but actually this is this is pretty much on on the level with what we are talking about today which is we're about i don't know we're i I think about 427 weeks into this at the very least at the very least um and there are now some what's been called easings i'm not sure i like that word but anyway that's the one that's being written about isn't it so you know we are gradually as a country starting to come out of the stricter lockdown period now whether that is right or wrong from the from the pandemic point of view is a moot point um obviously there's loads of people who who think one way and other people who feel very strongly on the other so i just want to kind of acknowledge that um but whatever it is it's still happening um so the whole thing of like you know shops have got a date to reopen some schools will take kids back that's not all but you know that there's starting to be these easings of things we haven't been allowed to do we're starting to be allowed to do some of them and you would think that that would make us all skip down the street singing la 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 you know happy happy days are here again but it's not because it's complicated isn't it and it's not quite as easy as switching back to our ordinary lives and our ordinary outlooks and actually there's a lot of anxiety now bubbling around over how we behave and how we feel about this process and and why is that and what are you hearing well I'm hearing the same thing I mean I'm hearing that uh you know we've gone through this massive massive trajectory of utter utter freak out and panic and just how awful and quite traumatic it was at the beginning and you know the idea of having to be locked down for you know a period of time was just terrific for for so many of us and but we managed it right lots of us turned every aspect of our lives around in 48 hours which i i think is incredible to be honest i mean i think that's such a such an achievement and something that we all seem to manage as hard as it was we did it um and i don't think any of us could have imagined right at those that very first week that we would now be in a place where so many of us are going, mm, I don't really know if I want to go back out there. <laughs> I know. You know. It's just bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. just, it's just, I mean, it's not, it's totally understandable, but it is very strange that we are feeling that in some ways. Um, why? Why are we, why are we feeling now a modicum? Some of us are feeling high, massive anxiety. Some of us are just a bit unsure or a bit nervy about certain things but why are we feeling like this when it's good surely it's what we want well yes I mean it's it's healthy right it's a sign that things you know uh, the world hasn't ended and that and that you know there is hope and this is all this is all very hopeful and uh you know uh <laughs> it's it's not that just we've developed a form of Stockholm syndrome for a virus we haven't fallen in love <laughs> with, our, with our with our evil microscopic captor but I, I think not I I think I think that's me reaching I think that actually I think a lot of it is to to do with where we feel safe and I think that we have gone from viewing the the place that we are locked down in uh from a prison to a sanctuary I think it's become a safe place and I think that outside is so we are still living with such high swirling levels of anxiety it's not gone away and that's the point as well it hasn't actually gone away hasn't gone away it hasn't gone away and things like the you know suddenly everybody knows what an R rate is which is nice and interesting and a cool thing to know but you know 
how that gets interpreted seems to change as well. And I think in even people, really, really, really clever people uh, who know far more about all this stuff than most can't quite agree on what the best thing to do is or the safest course of action is and the threat is still out there, then a lot of us are going to go, actually, do you know what? I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to stay indoors. That's terrifying. That's very true, actually. I think I think that's that's probably influenced us quite a bit, hasn't it? Is that what we've read and what we've absorbed through the media has been so wildly uh, confusing at many, many different junctures. There's no easy way of parking that anxiety and going, it's all right, they're looking after it. They know what's best. I think there's a lot of doubt now, isn't there? And obviously it's it's political, it's scientific, it's emotional. It's all of these things. And much as we resented being stuck in our homes um, right at the beginning. It's a prison and a sanctuary. Yeah. You know, it's that weird thing where you you rail against it and you feel like utterly despairing that you can't go and do what you want. But at the same time, you're absolutely right, is that we've, we've all absorbed, and I've certainly absorbed that messaging, the stay at home, stay at home, stay at home thing, that home is the safest place to be. Yeah. For everybody. So by not being at home you are being unsafe? Absolutely. I think, you know, danger, 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 danger. It it lurks out there. And the thing is, in our own home, we can control, we can wash our hands, we can, you know, control who comes in and out. So we're not allowed to have people in. But, you know, your family, they're there or whoever you live with, your housemates or whoever's there, you know, it's very, very, very controlled. It's very contained. Uh, And we know, we know what's going to happen here. Um, But as soon as you step out of the door and if you have to go to work, if you have to start going back to work, you and maybe you have to tangle with public transport, you really, really don't know. I mean, you are suddenly exposed to a potentially deadly pathogen again. And you have no way of knowing if you've encountered it. You're making me more scared now. (laughs) I was all right. Deadly pathogen. Potentially well, deadly. I know, pathogen. I know. Potentially. I know. Potentially. But it's I, I just think that that fear is there. I I think to articulate the fear and to articulate the dangers is never never you know, it can make us feel a little bit more anxious initially, but actually ultimately what we can then do is examine it. You know, if we're allowed to say its name and to say that actually I'm frightened of encountering a potentially deadly pathogen on my way to work then we're then able to have a little chat with ourselves about that and about that risk and about what steps that we can take or not take or what choices we make it feels sometimes doesn't it that how you express how you feel about post-lockdown life Mm. um is quite a weighted it's quite a weighted argument isn't it there are plenty of people who who I'm reading on social media are saying I'm never, you know, forget forget saying this. I'm not going. I'm not leaving the house. I don't believe it. And other people kind of, you know, really banging the drum for, uh, you know, opening things up again and, and getting the economy back. And I think I've, you know, when we talk about our own personal feelings about this, I think I'm generally feeling quite, you know, I, I'm quite keen to to get out and about again I'm keen to um, get work started up again get kids back at school get all of this but then I do but then I do doubt myself and I do have moments where I am very if I'm at the supermarket or from at whatever shops are open I am extremely nervous if someone comes close to me now and that anxiety is so weird to me because it's so new and it's nothing, you know, it doesn't even relate to anything I would have felt before in in being out in the world 
It's so bizarre, but it's very real because it comes from deep inside, doesn't it? And it comes and you get this slight kind of like nervous adrenaline of like thinking, hang on a minute, what's going on? What about you? Well, I'm kind of, I'm less... I think it's interesting where our anxiety settles, right? Because I think there's lots, there's lots to be anxious about. And I think, you know, where it settles is really di- is different for each of us. So, but the thing that I've got worried about is a bit like you. I'm, I, I very much want life to return. I, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I want things to get back um, a bit into some semblance of normality. But I notice that I get a little twitchy when I think about getting out of the house on time. <laughs> you know, dealing with school runs and stuff like that and, you know, making sure that everything's done and dusted and tidied away and that, you you know, that everything's ready to be left and that clothes are on and matching shoes are on and that bags are packed and the hair is brushed and, oh, my God, you have to get it all done by 8.30 in the morning. And, and I can... But this know. goes back to your thing that you yeah. remember you said, yeah. you're, you're not a morning person. So this is all about that, isn't it, as well? It's all about that. It's all about me having got very, very used to kind of, I've basically been able to dance to my own tune a bit in the mornings, which has suited me, which is one of the few aspects of lockdown, I have to say, that suited me. I'm not suited to this much, but the mornings have worked quite well for me. And I've been very aware of that. And as I've been thinking about all the good things and all the things I want to be thankful for in lockdown as a, yeah. a way of being yeah. okay with it, I've really, all my focus have gone on the mornings. So now I'm staring at the possibility that mornings are going to become frenzied and frantic and uh, hurried again and I'm going to have to be out of the house by 8 30 with, with 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 a considerable degree of trepidation let me let me tell you that's so this is this is I think I think this is maybe another point that we that is really relevant as to why a lot of us might not be well might might all of us might have a degree of ambivalence is for those elements of the lockdown that have been better for us and for some of us that might be literally nothing for some of us it might be a number of things that are better and certainly I know that there's I know loads of people who are have been pretty happy with with um some side benefits like you know a, a friend of a friend of ours who has been, had to continue going to work she's had no traffic so she's had a much quicker commute friends that i know who who don't much like having to feel that they can go out you know they're, they're pretty introverted and like staying at home there's no fomo right yeah. because there's nothing happening <laughs> so if you you've literally lost that social anxiety because no one's going out. No one's doing fun, cool things that you think you should be doing. And with the prospect that these things will then kick back into gear, the commute will start to become difficult and stressful again. It'll take an hour. Loads of people will be going out again and you'll feel like you'll have to join them even if you don't really want to. I think one of the anxieties about lockdown easing is very similar to the, a lot of the anxieties that we've been having throughout is this sense of not being able to control it. That somebody somewhere else makes this decision. Somebody somewhere else goes, right, you back to work from Monday starting. Yeah, and this is your 48 hours notice. Get Yeah. Start ironing. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get those shirts back out again. Yeah, but I hope those clothes still fit because you're going to need a proper <laughs> waistband now, sunshine. <laughs> a waist what? Yeah, I know, right? Out of those jogging bottoms into actual proper grown-up clothes. And 
and I think and I think that's the thing is that, that there is still this sense that these decisions are are so out of our hands that be, they are being taken in a way which they are they are out of our hands they are being taken by other people there really isn't that much that we can do to influence the pace at which lockdown uh, uh, you know governmental changes many, yeah you know we can't do anything about that and anxiety is so often linked to a sense of massive powerlessness that I think sometimes thinking about what we might like to keep or how we might change things is not a bad thing or the other thing that might be quite helpful is you know post-lockdown you having a chat or me having a chat with pre-lockdown you or me and just saying look you don't know this is coming but this is going to happen and actually you might want to think about what you need to change what would you change hang on hang on are we are we literally going in a delorean and going back to our to ourselves and then like marty mcfly like just like marty mcfly but with less worrying oedipal undertones back (laughs) (laughs) so no explain explain what you mean about how what what are we doing here well, I'm not I quite sure so. it's a visualization exercise really. yes okay. so what you do okay. is you kind of think so here am I and I'm thinking you know oh man I don't want to deal with the mornings and if I have a chat with with pre-lockdown me who doesn't like the mornings I can say look don't worry so much it's it'll be fine it always comes together in the end if this is a thing that matters this is a thing that matters to me this is the where clearly where my anxiety is going so it must matter to me because you know that's a signal yeah right? that's what you're feeling yeah if we fret about is the stuff that matters to us so give it a little time and you know I could do a visualization exercise with me now and me then and have a little chat okay. with me then and try and carry some of that forward because that's actually a very useful thing to remember and also Lucy mm. you're always fully dressed anytime <laughs> I saw you in the morning there was a full complement of clothes there was footwear there was perhaps even some makeup. So you've 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 always done, you know, you've yeah. smashed it out of the park, I yeah. think. So See, I wouldn't it's very feel reassuring. Too bad about it. It's very reassuring. You have never seen it out of the house in mismatched shoes and pajamas. So, you know, hooray, go me. So yeah. <laughs> So but that's something quite useful to hold on to, is that maybe I'm more competent in that way than 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 my fearful self worries about. Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. If you enjoy these podcasts, please rate them and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends. Thanks for listening to How to Cope. The stress and anxiety that is manifesting about what we do post-lockdown is really about this lack of control and all the major decisions you're absolutely spot on all the major decisions about how to now live our lives are being taken by others but also another thing we were thinking about um which is the new post-covid how to how we're going to behave ourselves in our new post-covid world in terms of i don't know manners politeness because I suppose it's all it's all predicated on the new hygiene rules, isn't it? Yeah. That we're all doing and following. And I certainly, obviously, mentioning the fact that I feel a bit nervous if if someone I don't know is very close by to me in a shop. What are we just going to have to sort of learn and practice some new ways of, you know, of communicating with people? to manage everyone's anxiety because again that's something else it's often not just about how you feel it's about 
sometimes you you might do a subconscious misstep that will make someone else feel very anxious yeah i mean i think yes the the, the post covid etiquette what is it we're going to have to what is it what is it what do we do we're going to have to make this up as we go along aren't we we're going to have to be a little bit comfortable with with busking it and and getting it wrong but i think the thing about um you know the kind of how do we do this is it's about essentially the reason it matters is in terms of the context of managing anxiety is because it's about having your own personal boundaries about having a sense of what feels comfortable to you what feels healthy to you and having a sense of personal boundaries and you know what you are and aren't okay with is a very important part of managing anxiety and I think there probably will be all kinds of conversations where we have to find ourselves suddenly having to say I feel a bit uncomfortable. Could we perhaps step back from each other for a minute? Or could we do this outside? Could we have this conversation outside instead of inside? Or could we maybe, you know, do this differently? I think we're going to have to take a risk of upsetting somebody and of coming across as rude. And obviously, you know, we're British, so the whole manners thing is a really big... Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's a mess. Where do you even start? <laughs> How are we going to cope? Actually, it's really interesting you mentioned that because... Obviously, we've all lived for our entire lives with a totally different way of being polite. And I, um, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a very polite person. And actually, I had that an experience when I was in the supermarket of being, I felt offended, right? And this is, this is, I was in the wrong, okay? I was packing the shopping and the, the checkout girl this isn't the checkout girl who I got the life story from, by the way. No. This is another one. Because this checkout girl did not want to chat. But anyway. <laughs> and I didn't. I thought I wasn't close to her at all. I really didn't think I was anywhere near her because I was just busy packing my shopping. And she, at one point, she went, excuse me, could you, could you step back? Right? Now, she wasn't doing anything wrong because I'm sure they have had all this training yeah. of, like, how they're supposed to now distance from the shoppers at the checkout for their safety, for our safety, all of that. I'm not in any way blaming her, but it really made me feel embarrassed. I I immediately felt stupid and a sort of semi offended, as if as if she thought I was going to put her at any risk, and as if and as if I she thought I was too close, and I didn't think I was too close, you know. So it's kind of like relearning my rea our reactions as well, because there's going to be there's probably already, but there's going to be of these interactions where people are saying could you step back or would you mind and how are we going to stop ourselves from all getting really mardy with each other <laughs> yeah because that was old you meeting new reality there wasn't it yeah old you yeah excuse me and actually no fair enough fair enough step back if you know and it's and it sh it needs to become okay for us to be able to say that to each other and I think mm. that's good we're gonna I think we're gonna I mean I imagine there are I'm sure there are many countries where they won't have quite the level of um cultural difficulty doing that but here yes it's really hard pardon excuse me <laughs> I was perfectly within my two meters or outside of the two meters yeah there'll be lots of um imagine outrage the passive aggression that's going to be unleashed post lockdown that I mean that could be you know that could be one of the single biggest challenges we face is post lockdown passive aggression pass ag bullshit yeah <laughs> Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky though. You're absolutely right. And we, I suppose there is no easy solution apart from uh, it's a, it's a, you know, practice, isn't it? It's learning as we go and trying not to get too 
personally offended and I did have to try and like check myself by going like she's not you know this isn't something I've done that's terrible it's she's just trying to maintain these you know very strict boundaries and I'd probably inadvertently gone too close and that's actually in a way you know uh, she was she was doing something very good there because that's that's very healthy modeling that's very healthy model it's very good modeling of healthy boundaries of how to express a healthy boundary she wasn't aggressive she didn't shout she was just a little bit arsy with it so that's what I didn't like let's let's get right to it It was really her tone having a bad it was her (laughs) having a bad day but still nonetheless probably not personal and again I wonder about that because I suspect that if I had had to ask 100 people that day to step back a bit I might have a tone too and I might be quite scared myself yeah. actually I you know and that's the other thing is is boundaries are boundaries are difficult one of the reasons that they slide when they do is because it's mu- sometimes it's it's not it's very hard for some people but it, it's not always the hardest thing to state a boundary to say look this isn't great for me if we can do that, then that's great. But I think sometimes the, the hardest thing is maintaining that boundary because it will be crossed. As soon as we set a boundary, as soon as we say, I'm not I'm not enjoying this, this isn't working for me, this makes me feel uncomfortable, ow, that hurts. Uh, you know, somebody will probably try and hit that boundary again and again and again a few times. And, and it's the maintaining of the boundary that's actually really tiring and pisses us off. So which is why by the fifth time somebody thinks it's hilarious to smack our arm, we've, we're just ready to mm. smack them very hard right back because you're pushing it now. And and so, the, you know, the testing of the boundaries, that, I mean, that's what I mean, is I actually think this, this, this could be personally challenging for us all. And we all have to try and hold on to the idea that when somebody is placing a post-COVID boundary on us, that it isn't personal. That's really hard. That's quite challenging. That presents a significant social and interactional challenge, no? I know it does. And it really does. But you're right. You know, it is It is just something we're just going to have to just take with us and we will adjust. We will totally adjust and it will become fine. And, you know, if you think about how over you know even you know in my lifetime how people engage socially has massively changed you know and I don't remember when I was a kid grown-up friends hugging each other as a greeting you know if you think about it I don't remember my parents friends doing lots and lots of hugs no in the way that I would have hugged you and I would have hugged my female friends and we can't right now and it's terrible um, but you know, social social mores changed, and they they and they have changed just from cultural changes and and how you know society changed. Now they're being forced changed um, because of a pandemic, and we're just gonna have to suck it up or not suck it up, just not suck. You know, no, I'm not gonna go down that road anyway. But we're yeah, we're just gonna have to deal with it. No, we're going to have to we're gonna have to navigate. We're going to have to navigate and negotiate. And the thing is that we are navigating into ver- into completely un- unmapped waters, aren't we? You know, here mm. we are sailing off um, and, and we have no idea where we're going and how to get there. And that is always tricky. It's And that that's what the difficulty is, is that at the moment, here we are on the brink of a series of gradual easings of lockdown and we have no idea how to navigate or negotiate each tiny little step and that's that's scary and we have no idea how to keep ourselves safe in it so we have to think about what our boundaries are and we have to you know mutually find ways of making it okay for each other to have boundaries and hold them 
And that's that's going to be tricky. We'll do it because, my God, if the past, however, a, a million and one th- weeks have shown us we, <laughs> how incredibly adaptable we are. It's true, isn't it? And and when you have when you're faced with no other option, you just you just bend yeah. and shape into a new place, don't you? And we can do this. We yeah. can definitely do this. We can. We absolutely can, even with all our horrible hang-ups about manners. We can do it. I have we faith, Becky. <laughs> Good. Good. So do I. All right, Lucy. I think that's that's a lovely place to leave it. See you, see you next time. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin MacLeod and used under a Creative Commons licence. You can follow us on Twitter too at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.